Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Hey everyone, it's Steve, and we are about to kick off another episode of the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. And I'm really excited about this one. This is another episode in our series where we're we're sitting down with business owners and I'm sitting down one-on-one and we're just brainstorming uh, how to solve a, a particular marketing challenge so that we can see if we can find ways to get them more clients and uh, and really create some breakthroughs. And so I'm really excited today uh, to be talking with Charlie Moon. Charlie's got a really interesting business. We were talking a little bit before uh, we, we hit record and uh, he does all kinds of things. So um, I wanna introduce him to you now. Uh, Charlie Moon, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, to have you here. You've got uh, you got some great stuff to share with us. Thank you. You're a kind man. I appreciate this opportunity. I I work with people. I, I don't know if anybody else has ever ran into this, but I ran into it when I was a sales manager in the media business. I was I was running two sales um, teams with two radio stations and. And what I was running into was the salespeople, I would hire them and we would, you know, we'd bring them in and we'd feed them and we'd train them and we'd, we'd get them ramped up and get them going out the door. And after about six months, when their draw would run out on them, they would run out on me. And then we have turnover and then we start all over again. And so I got to look and I was, I found a guy that was kind enough to, to answer the phone and he started talking to me about something that really piqued my interest because as a sales manager, I hadn't thought of this, but he started talking about what happens left of hello. And we always, what, where most sales trainers live is between what, what I call between hello and thank you, right? Hello, Mr. Prospect. How you like me now? Let's talk about me, right? And hello and thank you. And so what, this model is that I use, and I've been using this since 91 in one form or fashion. I'm not very smart, Steve, but I am old. So <laughs> I, uh, I started looking at this, and it just made so much sense that we need to find out if people will make sales calls. That's, that's what we need to know first. And so I, I took this profile and liked what I saw because it was like the people that had written the profile had been following me around. And so I began to preach this gospel to people and get people thinking about this. And I, I work with banks and professional services, architects, CPAs, anybody, attorneys, engineers, IT consultants, anybody that doesn't think they're going to be a salesperson fits this because what happens is before we say hello, so left of hello, if you think about hello on a sheet of paper, to the left of that is what happens before we say hello is we go through some emotional turmoil. And we can either get through that turmoil and say hello to that prospect, or we can make excuses. And so this, the profile that I use, this assessment, helps people understand why... All, why their stomach hurts. They, I was on the phone just an hour ago with a lady and we were role playing, talking to prospects. And she said, you know, even just talking to you, my palms are sweaty and I'm, 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 I'm hot. And, and that's that emotional turmoil that we go through that when it comes time to say hello, 
what we do is we go, well, I'll drive around the block one more time or <laughs> right. Or I'll, yep. uh, I'll check on my, I'll check my, I'll check my email one more time. And so when I saw this, I knew it was a problem that I had as a sales manager and I needed to fix it. And so that's when I, I, within, within three months, I'd, I'd left my job at that radio station had gone out, struck out on my own in the sales training business. And that was, was back then when most of your listeners probably were watching Smurfs. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, I enjoy it. And, and uh, I think it's really helpful to people to, to understand what's going on before they say hello so that they're, they're able to get through that emotional short circuit. So I, that's a huge problem for, just about everybody in sales that I've ever come across. I think it's the number one barrier and very few people ever address that. So, uh, so you're, you're working, I think in, in some fertile ground. Oh, thank you. So what, what do you want to work on today? We've got an opportunity to brainstorm together. What, what do you want to focus on? Well, um, I've read your book, uh, podcast prospecting, and I, I thought that that something that made sense with the virtual world going on now is that if if I could put to put a book together that would explain this process to people in less than 50 minutes my catchy don't steal this you listeners don't steal this but my title is how to hire salespeople without getting sold and if you think about it god love them that's what salespeople do when they come in for an interview is they start selling you on why you should hire them you've got a problem and so you hire them and what what i see out there in the world is that people, what they do is instead of solving the problem they have is they resolve the anxiety around the problem. They don't really fix the problem. They fix the anxiety. And what happens is they buy what's best marketed to them, right? And so the salesperson that's selling them on hiring them resolves that anxiety and they might hire the wrong person. And then in six months or three months or a year down the road, the sales manager's pulling his hair out. And what happened was they, they resolved the anxiety. They didn't really resolve the, the problem. And what problem solving becomes is a anxiety management process where they have a problem. The problem creates anxiety, which creates a reaction, which creates another problem. So now what's happened is they've hired the wrong person and they have two problems. They still don't have the right person and they got to feed this horse that they hired every day till they figured out how to get rid of them, to be honest with you. And so what I like to tell people is let's mm -hmm. photo focus on the outcome. The outcome is, is we want to hire the right person to do the right job, to sell the right product to the right customer. Fair enough. So by focusing on this outcome, we can put some tools in place for them. And those tools are one, we want to find out if a salesperson will make sales calls. Cause if they won't make sales calls, none of that hello to thank you stuff to the right of, of hello will come into play. And so we want to find out one, if they'll make sales calls Two, we want to find out how they'll act in front of those people in front of their prospects and customers. And then the third thing we want to find out is why they do what they do out there. Cause those, and that's a value statement. Values are the steering wheel for all that energy that we have. And so we, our value systems come out. I had a, I had a guy one time that owned a business and he told me, he said, when my son goes into a business, he comes out with a deal. 
And when my daughter goes into a business, she comes out with a room full of friends. And what that is, is that's people who <laughs> the daughter values people over money. The son values money over people. And if we had a, a, an assessment, which I do, a profile, it wasn't developed by me. I just interpret it for people. It tells us why they do what they do when they're on sales calls. Because if you have somebody that's, that, you know, that does make sales calls, and they act great, you know, they go out and make a bunch of friends. Well, we need to, we, we need to sell something. We can't just go out and make friends. Right. Um, so, so this process in this book, how to hire salespeople without getting sold. That's, I, th I think those three things. And then I could sell the profiles um, virtually and interpret the results just like you're doing with me right now, do them over zoom and, and all that. So mm -hmm. what thoughts do you have? Yeah. So, I mean, as I'm, I'm listening to you, um, you know, I kind of run everything through a, a, a filter that we've created called the Inevitable Growth Scorecard. And it, it's got eight different um, kind of components to it. And I always like to kind of look at that as a checklist. And so the things that, that I'm, I'm kind of checking off as we go through are uh, one of the mindsets, which is ideas that sell. So you've got ideas that, uh, you know, just based on what I know about other business owners, will resonate. I mean, the, the whole idea of, you know, how, how to hire sales people without being sold. I, I've heard it said in more than one CEO peer group, um, the warning around hiring salespeople, the best sales job they'll ever do is the one they do with you in the interview. Absolutely. So you're speaking to a problem that, that you know, your target market is likely aware of. I think the thing to maybe clarify a little bit is, I, mean, I know you work with professional services, but when you really think about your absolute best client, the one who, when they, they look at, at what you just described, they go, oh my goodness, where have you been all my life? That's what I needed. How fast can I write you a check? What do those people look like? Because not all of the people you've ever done business with probably had that reaction, but, but a few of them did. And you know, anytime we're going to go to the trouble of putting a book together, we want it, we want to reverse engineer it so that it attracts the ones that are already so predisposed because of the way they're already thinking to do business with you that it makes everything else easy. I, I just sold a 12 month contract to a group that the total time, and I'm not bragging because I'm a horrible salesperson. Um, I spent three hours with them total over the course of six months and sold them an annual contract. And this, I don't know if this sounds vague or not, but the people that are really the best prospects are those who are technically competent, but they don't make their competencies visible to enough people. And what you have to do is you have to find, I mean, we've all met engineers that were great engineers, but they, they didn't ever rise up in the organization because they're engineers. But if you look at, engineers that rise up in the organization. They're the people that have the people skills plus the technical skills. And those people are what we call natural self-promoters. Natural self-promoters have a certain style, a certain position in the market and consistency that they're out there promoting all the time. And so what we want to do is we want to find people who need to make the competencies of their organization visible to enough people to be successful. So how do you, how do you bring that down to, to kind of the practical 
position? I mean, how do you know, how do you know that person when you see them? Professional services, none of the, and the reason I landed on them was because I spent 20 years in banking as a sales manager. And uh, I was called the senior vice president of retail administration, but I was a sales manager and everybody out in those branches, those 28 locations and 168 locations at another bank, those people were all salespeople. So it's people that are expected to get results that don't know how to get them. And so I show them a process. It's either, uh, it's, it's plan, it's people, it's process. Um, and show them how to do that. Um, honestly, I don't know if this is what you're asking, but like a, a real estate company would not really be a prospect because those people are all independent contractors insurance is tough sometimes because they're not, they're independent contractors. And I've had insurance people just shrug their shoulders and say, we don't care if they make it or not. You know, that's up to them, not us. So professional services where you've got a bank that's trying to build a loan portfolio, or you've got CPAs who are trying to build a practice and become a partner in the organization. They all have business development goals that they have to meet but they have no clue how to go about it. All they know is that their stomach hurts when it's time to go talk to somebody. And if you can relieve that anxiety and that pain, that's helpful. Well, I, I think, I think you just articulated maybe one of the warning signs or one of the, one of the indicators that when, when you've come across a, an ideal client, not that you would see that externally, but you know, when you, when you make that statement, that's going to hit what the people you're that? trying to reach that, you know, when you have to go, when you have to go talk to a, another human being about, you know, taking some of their money and giving them something for, you know, in return that they get their stomach tied up in knots, their palms start to sweat, you know, they, they get nervous. They, you mentioned it earlier, right. they circle the block one more time. I think all of those sorts of things kind of, uh, help you connect. So, you know, as you're thinking about this book, I mean, the one thing that occurs to me, I always like to, with book titles, um, one of the, the things that I have learned, you know, after five of our own books and dozens of books for clients is that um, the, the title is the really most critical piece of the whole book. Like if you have the greatest, you could write the most profound information ever for your target audience inside the book. But if it's got the wrong title, no one will ever know. It's, it's exactly what you're saying is what I say. It doesn't matter how good you are. Hello to thank you. So the content of the book is your hello to thank you. The title is the hello. You got to get their attention. Right. Exactly. And, and um, you, you know, and so, that, that title has got to do some real work. We judge books by their covers. You know, no, no one goes into Barnes and Noble, you know, when you could go to Barnes and Noble and, and reads the book first and then goes, I want to buy it. They look at a cover graphically and look at the title itself. And maybe they then look at the subtitle and some mm -hmm. of the quotes, but most people don't even get that far. It's just the, the main title and does it grab them? And, and is it speaking to, a clear and present problem, a pain that they're feeling right now, you know? And so I think that's, that's the key thing. Like, it sounds like you've got all of the, the content for what'll go in the book and probably have it right on target. 
but I think the, the question is what's the right title and what's the right subtitle. So it calls out the exact type of prospect that you want. So when you're talking to these professional service firms, who hires you? Is it the, yeah. you know, like the managing partner or the, the CEO or the president? So, so the, the person that I talk to is the person who is in charge of the performance of the people I'm going to be working for. So honestly, if you go talk to HR, they're not the person, the person that you want to talk to is the person that is in charge of the, the people, the performance of the people. So managing partner, uh, senior vice president of commercial or executive vice president of commercial lending, uh, managing partner of a, of a architecture firm. Yeah. The people that okay. have the problem. If you go to my website, there's a picture on it. I love it. It's a picture of a guy that's beaten on his laptop and he's just, you can tell he's just so frustrated and underneath it, it just says, does this you? Because when you see those results and you're hearing all these excuses rather than results, you want to know what's going on. And a typical sales manager will think, well, if they just close or if they love their products or if they thought enough of themselves or if they had a greater ego drive and, you know, if they, you know, all this stuff and it's really, no, if they just go say hello to more people, I think the word hello is the most important word we can say. I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation if you hadn't reached out and said, hello, what about That's right. This? That's right. Well, and I, you know, and, and I think that might be important content in the book. And I think the thing to think about with, with the titling of it is, you know, asking yourself, what's the problem they're walking around with that's bugging them? And it, and it could very well be around hiring salespeople, but it also could be around something upstream of that, you know, sales in general. There's an advantage and a disadvantage to kind of going down the road of, of titling this thing around, you know, how to hire salespeople without being sold. See, that's going to that's gonna speak specifically to somebody who's in hiring mode. Okay. Okay. And, and if that's where they need to be for you to really be able to come in and help them, then that's probably the right title. It might not speak to someone who feels like they're not in hiring mode, but they've got a sales team that's not performing. Well, yeah. So when, when I talk to people, I tell them we can, that these profiles I use, we can use them for selection and we can use them for development. And it's better to not hire a problem <laughs> right. Of then course. Right. Problem. Right. It's a lot cheaper to buy one of these profiles and get it, get the interpretation of here's what you're, here's what you're buying. Um, but also just for the development of the salespeople so that they can learn to control this behavior that previously has been controlling them with the drive one more time around the block or right. I can't, I can't prospect for anybody because I don't want to be rude or intrusive or pushy. Yeah. And I think the question to ask yourself is which group am I going after? Am I going after the guy that's got the immediate hiring problem or am I going after the one that has the sales team development problem? Well, I, I, you know, the, the quick answer, I don't know if you want the right answer or the quick one, but I'll give you the quick one. I think it's the development part of it rather than. Okay. Because there's, you know, uh, one of the pages on my website is called feeding the horse and once you buy a horse, you got to feed it every day, whether they're producing or not, you've got to feed it every day. And so that's the benefit of being able to develop people around this. It's also the toughest thing because you're asking people to change their behavior. 
you know, mm-hmm. changing behavior is, is, you know, they got, you know, they got to want to change, you know, it's the, it's the old joke about how many people take to change a light bulb. Well, it just takes one, but they've really got to want to change it. So <laughs> that's, that's true with, with uh, developing salespeople. Once well, they, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say once that they see a path and they understand the path, because we, we tell them not only what's going on, but we tell them how to fix it and how to, how to learn to control that behavior let, rather than letting it control them. So, yeah, I mean, I think um, just from my own experience, I think that's probably the bigger side of the market because okay. anybody that has a sales team has a sales team development problem. <laughs> I've never met anybody who had a sales team who didn't have that, right? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. It means you've got a big market and it's not going anywhere. Um, you know, but they're not always hiring. And what I'm kind of hearing is that there might be two books. Ah, okay. And cause I really love the title, but I don't think it's the right title to go after somebody who is really frustrated by the fact that their, their existing salespeople are not producing, mm-hmm. you know, unless they're of the mind, I'm just going to clean house and I'm going to rebuild. Right. You know, but most people aren't going to do that. So I, I really, I, what I'm hearing are two books. And, and this is one of the things that, I, you know, most people really, uh, they run away from because they, they see creating a book as being a really difficult and arduous process. And it doesn't have to be. Um, if you're writing a, you know, a, a big time thought leadership book and it's got to be 50,000 words, you know, to, to get it on the bestseller list or whatever. Yeah. Then, you know, that's, that's a much more difficult undertaking, but I'm a big fan of, for most businesses, just building out what, you know, what I call a lead generation book or what we call a referable book. Mm -hmm. And those tend to be shorter and, and because they're shorter, they don't take very much time to put together. And that gives you the flexibility to have kind of a suite of books to sell for you that are really problem and prospect specific. And the the thing that really becomes great about these is that a lot of times the content from one to another is very similar. I'm not suggesting you wholesale copy it, but it, you know, your methods for helping somebody are going to be somewhat consistent across industries and across, um, you know, the, those, the two kind of trigger points that we've talked about already. You know, it's sort of the same prescription, but for two different diseases. Because you're still talking, you're talking about behavior. It doesn't matter if you're talking to a cast right. person or if you're talking to a, an author <laughs> right. right, or an engineer. Yeah. And so, you know, for, for the person who's got the sales hiring problem, they also have all of the follow-on problems that the sales development challenged person has, Mm -hmm. but they've also, but they've got a couple added on to that. You know what I mean? So they've that now they've got the selection. So all of your content around using the profiles becomes focused on using them as a filter rather than using them merely as a development and behavioral modification tool. Am I on the right track? Yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate it because I, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just more, it's more opportunity. So yeah. You. So, 
Yeah, I think so. So I, I think then the question is, all right, well, you've already got a great title for the the book around hiring salespeople. So what would be a really compelling title for someone, um, you know, who's, who's got this in place sales team, but isn't performing, mm-hmm. you know? So what are some of the, the kind of bleeding neck problems that they have? What drives them crazy every day? What do they say? I don't know. I had a client one time tell me that the way we approach business development is we aggressively wait for the phone to ring. <laughs> so, so I know, I know that's not the title, but it's, it's that, that's that anxiety of, yeah. of more excuses than results and, and like that. Well, and you know, for a lot of professional services firms, I mean, from my own experience, you know, I owned, I don't know if you know, but I owned an engineering consulting firm mm-hmm. um, for quite a while. Um, yeah, I've checked you out. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, we started off, you know, and our approach was we would just let the phone, we, I love the way you put it. We're aggressively waiting for the phone to ring. Um, and for a lot of firms, it's that, you know, it's, they don't know what to do. Right. Because they weren't prepared for it. And, you know, and, and so I think, um, you know, they're going around doing all the stuff that's sort of been handed down generation to generation. I mean, the, the business development wisdom in professional services is, is largely this kind of uh, oral history of what used to work, mm-hmm. you know, and it was only what used to, I, it, I, it really reminds me of like cavemen wandering around and they stumble upon the herd, you know, and, and they can say, they can point over there, the herds over there or the water holes over there. Right. And then it becomes passed down from generation to generation. This is how you go about surviving in professional services. It's, it's really that way. It's, Oh, you know, you got to be on these committees. You got to be involved in these charities, you know um, it's, it's, here's how you network. Um, I'll never forget the, the founder of the firm that I, I bought told me at one point that, you know, he always felt like it took five years to, to develop a new client. And, um, you know, and when he told me that, as I was kind of coming into the, the leadership role in the firm, there was no other thought that you could have planted in my mind that was more frightening. Fair enough. You know, like, oh my gosh, like if, if it's that difficult to generate a client, where do I invest my time? Because I can't afford to be wrong. That just what you said there, the five years reminded me I was calling on a guy and this was years ago. And he told me when I was calling on him, I was an outside guy. And he said, well, we've, we've posted the job internally. You know, we've posted this role internally and we have a couple of people who are interested. And I said, well, um, there's plenty of, of work out there for all of us. Just make sure that those people don't teach your people their bad habits. And I could literally see him cringing, just thinking, oh my gosh. And I said, because what's happened is if they haven't dealt with these call reluctance behaviors, if they haven't dealt with, with their value system, if they haven't, they'll teach your people their bad habits. And he was like, I got a call two weeks later and it was a, it was a wonderful deal. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. So, so what, what that guy was doing was, was teaching you his bad habit of, yeah, it'll take five years to, yeah, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't need to either. And, um, and so, um, you know, I think digging a little bit deeper into how they, 
how they describe that problem of, you know, I, I'm not getting clients that I don't know how to do. I don't know how to op- open the relationship. I don't know how to get to hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe that's it, how to get to hello. Um, but it needs to be something that, that they're going to recognize. And so the, the, the way I describe this a lot of times when I'm, I'm doing presentations is um, I use the idea of lead generation vectors. And one of the things that I've learned about titles of a book is that they are really good at having prospects raise a hand and, and come kind of on this inbound vector. You know, if you think about, you know, an airplane being vectored into an airport, right? They're coming from a particular direction, a known direction. When your prospect raises a hand and they're coming from a very specific known direction, you know how to engage them in, in conversation at that point. And, you know, and you mentioned my podcast prospecting book. So the insight that we got about that book, and it, it's really proving to be true with it, is that, you know, we we're looking for people. That book is kind of fishing for people who, number one, they need more clients. Okay. Because if you don't need more clients, we probably can't help you. There's no point in us talking, right? If you're happy, you know, we, we're not going to be able to help you. You need something else. So, so that, that's kind of at the minimum. But if we stopped there, and that's all that we did. And our primary service is centered around helping people build a, pro- a podcast to get those clients. Um, then we're going to talk to a lot of people that have no interest in ever doing a podcast. And that's going to be a, a waste of time for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it was just, if, if we, if all we said was, here's a book on prospecting for professional services, we're dead. We add the word podcasting and now we're sort of, sort of solving for the two most important variables in the equation. Right. I need more clients and I'm at least interested enough in doing a podcast that I want to read this book. And so I, I, if you can begin thinking about it in those terms, like what direction do I need these people coming from? And that might, that might involve the prerequisites, you know? And so it, it might be around the fact that they already have a sales team that's not performing. You know, it might be around the fact that they have a sales team that isn't full of salespeople, you know, which in, to me describes professional services. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that, that is the professional services problem is all the people that are expected to go do business development. I mean, we don't even call it sales in professional services. We call it business development because we're so allergic to sales that if we actually called it what we're doing, none of us would even be able to, to get close. So we have to call it business development, which sounds a little, you know, I can wear my suit and button it up and, and be doing business development, you know, and, and uh, I'm not wearing that plaid jacket like the sales guy at the car lot. So, you know, I think it's something that begins to speak to that, that, uh, you know, that, that gets them on that path. And I'd really be thinking about, you know, the, the clients that you've closed, think about the way that they talk about the problem that they had, like the very specific words, because I, I would imagine it's right in there. Like, and I think that's the way you came up with the, with the title for the other book. Those are words I've heard business owners say in mm. one form or another. Okay. Thank you. And so I don't know if, if that brings anything to mind off, off the bat with, in the conversations you've had with people that, that have already bought. I, yeah, I want to I think about it, to be honest with you. Just really yeah. put some effort into it because I'd rather give you the right answer than the quick answer. So Yeah, well, and, and you know, sometimes these things don't, don't always come right off the bat, but that's the way I would think about it. Okay. You know, and so once you've got the book in hand, and you asked me earlier about podcasts before we started recording, 
uh, what related to the podcast, what, what's your kind of specific question? What do you want to make sure we cover there oh, just overall or? Yeah, just, just overall and how that process works and, and what makes it work and, and the success that you've had with it. Yeah. So, um, there, there are really two routes to go to make a, a podcast work effectively. Um, and, and neither one of those are the route that most people want to take or believe they should take. So the, the, the sort of mistake most people make is they, they think that the podcast is all about building an audience. And I was having a conversation with one of our clients earlier today, in fact, and he's been doing his podcast for about a year now. And he, you know, he's like, oh, I just don't feel like the, the quality of the content's good enough. You know, why would people listen to this? And I said, well, depends on what your business model is. He's, you know, he's comparing it to these other podcasts that were really, you know, highly successful. They get millions of downloads. And I, I had to remind him that people who have big audiences on a podcast like that. So like the Joe Rogans or, you know, the, um, uh, Tim Ferriss, people like that who have these million listener audiences. Mm -hmm. um, they have a different business model. The podcast is actually the business model for most of the rest of us. And, and by the way, they make that work because they brought an audience from somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Fair so enough. Tim Ferriss had already built a, an enormous audience in an email list. Uh, Joe Rogan had a, had fame through television and, and comedy and, and, uh, and his, his MMA um, competition. So, you know, it, unless you have that kind of a following, you're not going to make the podcast as a business work. Right. 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 So forget about who's listening. That's a bonus. The purpose of the podcast is to have someplace to invite people okay. and have conversations and, it gives you the opportunity to really reach out and connect with two types of very valuable people. And the, the first type of person is a direct prospect for your business. And so you might reach out to the managing partner of let's say an architecture firm. Maybe your podcast is called professional service success stories. And the positioning of it is you're, you're interviewing, you know, all of the most successful uh, professional service firms, you know, to share their great wisdom, whatever they've learned. And you're in, and you know, the, the easy ask is, Hey, your name came up, you know, dear Mr. Managing partner or Miss Managing partner, your name came up as somebody I ought to interview on this podcast because of the success that you've had. Right. So maybe you're outreaching directly to prospects. That's one way to do it. The other way to do it, and actually the way I prefer is to reach out to people who are actively marketing to that same group of, of prospects that you want and they're building their own audience hmm. within that industry because now you have the opportunity to actually do some multiplication and and it can be pretty powerful because you can build a strategic relationship with someone they're already out there doing marketing and you can probably find a way to do some cross promotion and so now you come in with your book so your book that we've talked about establishes expertise and authority and it also is a great widget that makes you easily shareable. Mm -hmm. So you can go to somebody and say, you know, wow, it's been so great to have you on the podcast. I'm so glad we shared all of your story with, uh, with our folks. You know, I was just wondering, do you ever, uh, do you ever find that, that the, 
the people in your network or in your audience struggle with sales? And he's going to go, well, yeah, of course. That's the one thing they're always focused on. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I, I, I just wrote this book that um, is really targeted right to professional service folks. And I'm on a mission right now to get it in the hands of as many people as I can. I'm wondering if it might be valuable, you know, to, to the people that are in your audience. I'd love to share it with them. You, would you be open to, you know, just giving it to them? And about 95% of the time, they're going to go, yeah, it'd be a fantastic idea. It's actually in their interest to do that because we're all in business looking for ways to give value to the people in our network. Mm-hmm. Okay. For all kinds of very good strategic reasons. The problem is it's hard to do that sometimes. And if you can come along and give them something that's basically got no risk, no downside and high perceived value, you're going to make them look like a hero. And, um, and, and so that's how we use the podcast is to build those relationships that then open the door to further collaboration. And I, what I tell all of our clients is that you want to be the one leading the collaboration. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever in, in, uh, in your, you know, past life in sales ever had a coffee date with anybody. You ever done one of those? You ever done one where, yeah. Yeah. You ever done one where the other person really rushed in and they were hurried and they were late? Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of that, you both kind of, you, you went through your spiels and at the end of that, you both said, wow, that's really great. Can't wait to, to, to really, you know, create a mutually beneficial relationship. Have you ever heard those words? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's the greatest lie in networking and business development and professional services. Yeah. You know, because both people leave and they have no earthly idea what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And what I like about the podcast is, and, and what I mean by being the leader of, of the collaboration is, I mean, you're, you're having those coffee dates with the goal of creating some long-term collaborative relationship, but nobody has any parameters for how to do that. So, um, you know, if you've got a podcast, you have a place to invite somebody and you're able to reach out to them and say, I'm going to be the leader here. I think you've got something valuable to offer. I have this way that's low risk for both of us and high value for you for me to be able to come in and, and interview you, shine a bright light on your expertise. We're going to record that. At a very minimum, if nobody listens, you're going to walk away with a marketing asset because you're going to have somebody that appears to be in the media interview you. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to share it with everybody that I know that's in my database, you know, because it's part of my weekly marketing. I send this out. And uh, there might be people in my audience that ultimately want to do business with you, but what's the downside? And it's a way for us to start the strategic relationship. And instead of you guys, the two of you coming to one of those kind of lame coffee dates, you know, which now everybody's doing on Zoom, right? Um, and not having kind of a plan to move forward, you've come in and said, uh, no, I'm going to be the leader here. I'm going to create something of value for you off the bat without you having to do anything in return. And the amount of reciprocity you create out of that is enormous. Hmm. And that opens the door for you to come in and say, well, hey, I've got a way I could maybe add even more value by having, you know, this book that I've written be a gift that you can give to everybody you know. Well, when they do that, what is that? That's a mass referral. Mm -hmm. 
And if you do it in the right way, where those people are actually just given the opportunity to get the book and then they come to you to request it, you have inbound leads. So now you know who's interested. That's how we use a podcast. Nice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. You're welcome. So, yeah, I mean, for what you're doing uh, in professional services, I think that's, that's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> It'd have to be easier. I couldn't sell it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and I would imagine you could use either the, the strategic partner strategy or a mix of that and pulling in some potential clients. You know, we'll have it happen all the time. I'll have somebody on the podcast and at the end of it, they'll ask me, so what exactly do you do? Well, guess what? That's the open door to begin talking to them. There we go. You know? Yeah. Nice. Thank you. So, um, so anyway, I, I hope that's helpful. I know we're about out of time. Um, it, it, any specific questions about any of that? No, I, I, I think we'll continue talking. I think this, this is, it's good. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, Hey, Charlie, you're, you're doing all kinds of interesting stuff. Um, we touched on a little bit of it. You're doing some other stuff with nonprofits and auctions, um, which I think is really interesting as well. Um, and so I think it's worth everybody going and kind of checking you out, particularly if they have a sales challenge and have a sales team and they're in professional services, they ought to go find out more about what you're doing. So where can they find out more about you? Get Charlie Moon. So, when, so, so what I like to say is when business development matters, Get Charlie Moon, and that's my website, www.getcharliemoon.com. That's and awesome. There's a thank you, Steve. There's a nonprofit page on there that will take you over to the benefit auction page. I tell people I don't sell cars and cattle, I don't sell pots and pans or real estate. I, I raise money to help those less fortunate. And honestly, what it does is it puts me in front of a lot of high net worth people. That I was at one one night and a, a, a client that I've worked with for over a year now said, said, what are you doing? And I told him and he said, we need to go to lunch. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. So thank That's you. Awesome. For I, I, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge with me. Thank you. This has been fun. Thanks for, uh, for playing the game. It's, uh, it's always fun when I get to brainstorm with somebody about uh, all these, these fun topics. So I can't wait to see how the book turns out. Oh my gosh. Now you put it on me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And uh, if, if you'd like to uh, um, kind of go beyond this episode, uh, best place to start is go check out the inevitable growth scorecard at the growth You can uh, go through all eight of the, the inevitable growth mindsets and score yourself where you are now, where you want to be a year from now. And it'll give you some clarity around uh, the things that you really need to focus on most to make progress and, uh, and if you'd like to be a guest uh, and go through this process uh, with us, just uh, drop an email and uh, send it to support at unstoppableco.net in the subject line. Say, I want to be on the podcast and we will get in touch and uh, get you all the details. Charlie, thanks for being here. Great to see you. And uh, everybody have a great day and we'll talk soon. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We 
come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting. And it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you. And it's end to end a done for you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage, a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20 minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net right on the homepage. Look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.